to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Oh, hello, my friends. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we're going to learn all about the power of taking email sequences to increase sales. Now you probably already know if you've tuned into this um, show how important it is to have a sales funnel. Well, there's a misnomer out there that sales funnels are basically setting up uh, a freebie, an opt-in form and one email, and then never talking to those people again. And guess what happens when you never talk to those people again, and then you reach out, they're like, uh, unsubscribe, and so we, even if we are creating email sequences, sequences often struggle to create sequences that actually increase sales. And there's a couple of reasons for that, but the big one is that we are typically not copywriters. We are business owners and copywriting is definitely a skill set. And if I had to give you one skill set to perfect in your business um, as a business owner, it would be to become an excellent copywriter because you have such a limited amount of time to get in front of your people that if your copywriting stinks, um, you've lost them. It's too late. In that first eight, seven or eight seconds, if you don't grab their attention and get them interested in what you're saying, I don't care if you're talking to them on social media, if you're talking to them on your website, if you're sending them an email, or if you're talking to them in person. I'm sure you can relate to this story. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but when I started my business, I pretty much went to every networking opportunity under the sun, including starting my own networking group. And a lot of times I felt really ill-prepared when I went into those rooms, um, especially when you know I first started out and I didn't really know what networking was. I mean, I came out of corporate. You don't network in corporate. You just go and, well, I should say that. You network in a different way, but you're not there to promote your business. You're there to connect with different people and um, further connections, all of those sort of, sorts of things. But um, when you go to a networking group, in most instances, you have to stand up and tell everybody who you are, what you do, and how they can buy from you. And you usually have less than 30 seconds to do that. Well, um, the people that had been networking for many, many years, obviously, were really, really good at this. And the people like me who were just starting out in business and had way too many things that they were doing for people, frankly, sucked. <laughs> Let's just say there was a lot of pity clapping happening when that went on. The same thing is true for your email marketing. So if you send out an email and it is drab and boring and doesn't get to the point and nobody's reading it, even if it's that initial email, if you don't get them to open the next email, you're in trouble. You've basically put somebody on your list that will never go anywhere and they're definitely not gonna buy from you. And so I put this episode together so you could learn or I could teach you or share with you um, the three things that you can do to ensure that your email sequences are bringing you new business. Because email marketing, as I've said about a million times, is the best way to convert prospects and leads into customers. Um, there are a lot of ways to move people forward from social media, but the biggest conversions actually happen in the inbox. And it is across generations, which I find very interesting. You would think that the millennial generation, because they were basically raised on social media, would be more apt to wanting to buy from people on social media directly. But industry, um, 
statistics actually show they prefer to do business via email. Um, and I think with a lot of the privacy issues and things that are going on on social media, I only see that trend moving forward because you have control with your email address of who you do and do not want to connect with. So let's dive in. Um, some One of the biggest things that uh, people struggle with is consistency with their email. They send out an email here or there, they don't know what to say, um, or they only send out emails when they're selling something. And I see this all the time. I see this with people um, that show up in my inbox that I haven't heard from in a year or two years or five years. And I told a story a few weeks ago about a brand deck that I bought. It must have been five years ago that I bought this brand deck. And I literally have not gotten one other email from these people until recently. And they're like, oh, by the way, we launched a new product. And I'm like, and by the way, I'm unsubscribing. So um, those are the voices I use in my head, by the way, <laughs> in case you were wondering. So staying in front of your audience on a regular basis, although it can appear challenging, is one of the best ways for you to actually move people through the conversion stage. And um, there are some really great ways to do that. And then there are some ways that are really not very effective. Um, so that's number one, let the consistency. Let's just throw it out there as consistency. And we're gonna dive into that a little bit more in a second. And then the other piece of this is that um, I realize, you know, you are a business owner and you don't have all day to market. So we, we have to come up with a plan that's easy for you to follow that enables you to stay in front of this audience so that you can nurture them without appearing to be too salesy. Um, because nobody wants to be sold to all day. They do not want um, to hear about your products and services in every email. And they honestly just want answers to their problems. And that is um, going to be a another component that is really important when you're creating these emails. I have a lot of emails that come across my desk that people just talk about whatever is going on in their industry, but they never stop to ask their audience, what is it you really want to hear about? And the more curious you can become with your audience, the more quickly your content is going to resonate with them and you're going to get more traction. So if you're just putting out email and um, you you know, you're not asking your people what they want. And a perfect example of this is, I see real estate agents do this all the time. They just happen to be one of the people that comes across my feed and they are always putting out their things about, um, you know, how to, how to stage your home, how to sell your home, how to blah, blah, blah. But really what people want to know, especially like in the Denver market is, if I sell my home, Am I going to have a home to move into? We have a very busy real estate market. And so if I was a realtor, what I would do is start a campaign that's basically the easiest ways for you to plan your next move in Denver um, or in Parker or whatever city you're in. Because if you can really address those fears of, you know, you don't have to be homeless, here's your options, here's some of the things that I've done with my clients, here's new buildings and we can time the sale of your old house to get you into your new house so you don't have to move twice or if you do have to move twice here's some resources and ways that i've helped my clients do that so it's as little inconvenience as possible 
all of those different things. Realtors aren't talking about that. What they're talking about is how to sell you your next home because that's where they make their money or how to sell your, sell your home and get you into the next home. But if they took the time to answer the questions that people are really asking, they would have more listings than they knew what to do with. Um, and I often, like I have this conversation with people that they, they try to do this broad stroke um, marketing and the people of the internet are too smart for that. They are onto the gimmicky stuff. They're onto the, the posts that every, every realtor puts out there. Um, the other one is when you have these real estate companies that are like, yeah, we'll do all your marketing for 50 bucks a month or whatever. And all they do is template it out and use the same posts for every realtor they work with. And all of those posts get ignored because nobody has dove in and done the work with them to get clear on, you know, exactly who they help, how they help them, what makes them different, all those different things that we talk about a lot on this podcast. Um, So when you're thinking about creating email content, it's no different. Diving into a specific problem that your audience is having in that email and then giving them a solution and then leading them to another resource or whatever you have coming up in your sales funnel is going to be much more effective than you just sandblasting them with general information and statistics. Because frankly, your audience doesn't have any more time than you do. And so when you try to just throw something together and hope and pray that it sticks, that's that's what you're gonna get is a hope, wish, and a prayer. Um, and then, the uh, the next piece about asking your audience what they really want, what's really beneficial about that is you're gonna start to see some patterns and you're gonna start to see that your audience really has all the same problems. And we get really afraid of answering the, the same questions or putting the same content out there again and again. But I just read some, re- or I just heard some research. I do a lot of learning um, when I'm working out and on the go and different things like that through podcasts and books and things like that, just like you guys probably do. Um, and I was listening to a podcast the other day and, um, one of the components that struck out, you know, stood out to me that I've heard many times before, but it it takes the human brain hearing something eight times before it actually clicks and they go, Oh, I should pay attention to this. And so when we're creating our marketing and, you know, say we create a podcast episode and then we create a blog post to go with that podcast episode. And then we create four or five social media posts to go with that blog blog and podcast episode. And then we put it in our email. Sometimes my, my clients will say, I've been talking about this so many times that this is too much. I can't put it out here this much. But the reality is, is that your audience isn't even paying attention until you get to eight times in front of them. In most instances, they're not going to see all eight of your efforts. And so the more that you can find your core areas and talk about those problems, which you get by asking your audience what they are, the better traction you're going to have. And so um, with that foundation in in um, place, there are really three types of email sequences that you can create that have the biggest traction. The first one we've already alluded to, and that is the nurture sequence. And so what is a nurture sequence? For those of you that don't know, a nurture sequence is the initial sequence that 
um, your new email subscribers get when they sign up for your email list. And so typically there's a, a formula for that. And the first email is, you know, you delivering your freebie and then you continue to nurture them and then ultimately lead them to your next promotion, your next offering, your next sale, whatever it might be. Um, and that's going to be different for every business, depending on, you know, what you're, where you're at in your schedule of promotion. And um, a lot of people kind of drop the ball here. They create that one email and they're like, here's your stuff, see ya. And as I said before, you know, that is not gonna work because a true sales funnel has three components. Attract, so you have to attract them and um, get them, get in front of them, grab their attention and get them to fill out the form. Connect, so, this is where you really nurture them and connect with them and create the relationship and build the no like trust feature and then conversion, which is when they become a customer. Now, the other piece of the sales funnel that a lot of people don't talk about is on the back end. And that's another sequence that I actually didn't put in here, but that's that'll be a bonus for you. Um, that is the post conversion sequence where you're onboarding and you're um, ensuring that they their customer service experience with you and your company is exceptional because that's what it takes to stand out in today's world is to have exceptional customer service people are not going they um the fastest thing that spreads in reviews and um word of mouth is poor customer service so just keep in mind that when you're creating a, a your sequences or any of the sequences that I'm talking about, that the sales funnel doesn't end just because the customer buys. Um, and I will probably end up doing an entire episode on that just because um, I think it's really important for us to take a step back and remember, you know, these people have entrusted us with their money, with their time, with their energy, and we have to um, acknowledge that and be cognizant of what that means and what it means to have them as a customer. So I'm going completely rogue today and off track. So (laughs) I'm gonna dive back into. So the first uh, sequence is the nurture sequence. And this is where you start the conversation. You've got them, um, you've got their attention. So you really want to dive into, you know who they are, you know what they're struggling with, you know why, what it feels like to be in their shoes, all of these different things so that you can kind of agitate the pain point that you're aware of for your client and then offer them up your solution as a way to overcome the problem. So that nurture sequence is really important and it should be ongoing. So a lot of times people are like, well, how many emails should I have? And I said, well, typically when I've created email sequences for clients and also for myself, it's between five and seven emails for that nurture sequence, but it doesn't end there. Then those people, if they haven't converted or they haven't purchased or I'm not promoting something at the time, move into my weekly email um, nurture series because I deliver an email weekly. My client or my um, email list knows that they're going to get an email from me once a week with something of value or with whatever's going on in my business. Um, And so you have to think through that strategy. That's not something I can do, you know, for you. You have to think through what that looks like for you, but you definitely want to have some sort of nurture sequence so that you can start to build upon the relationship and create connection. Now, 
Let's say, um, I'm sure there's nobody on this podcast that's done this, but let's say you have a list of email subscribers that you just left out in the wild for say six months or a year, or you put them on your list and you never talk to them ever. Um, If anybody's been guilty of that, you can totally fist pump me because I've done it in the past too. That's how I know (laughs) what to do. Um, The mistakes we made are the things that we uh, are able to share those experiences with others later. So the second most relevant campaign you can run to increase not only um, sales, but the uh, life of your email list is a re-engagement campaign. And I also call this the breakup campaign. Um, Because if you've got, you know, 25,000 people on your email list and you've never talked to them, you have the equivalent of having no email list because those people don't remember you. They don't know who you are. And when you reach out to them to try and sell your next thing, they're going to say, yeah, whatever, unsubscribe. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. One, um, because you are no longer paying for those subscribers. If you're in any type of email service provider, at some point you're paying for your subscribers and you're paying for each and every one of them, which is why I recommend you go with a subscriber-based system versus a list-based system. Um, And I've talked about that a little bit too, but if you are on a list-based system, you could be paying for your subscribers every time they join a list. And so you might be paying for the same person five times and that can end up being expensive when you have a really big list. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about here is if you have 25,000 people on your list, but nobody's engaged and you're paying for them, um, you don't have any growth. You don't have any growth in your email list. You might have 25,000 people and that's like this big, you know, hurrah, hurrah number. However, If you got 25,000 people 10 months ago and you've had nobody join in the last 10 months, you've got a problem because where we really should be focusing as business owners is on the growth of our list. So say you get, you know, five new subscribers a day or 10 or 20 or whatever a week. Um, It's much more impactful to be focusing on how much your list is growing than how many people are on your list. And I just, I want to draw your attention to that because If you have, like I said, all of these people on your list, but they're not engaging with you, they're not opening your emails, they're not clicking on them, et cetera, um, then you might as well just break up with them, which is why we call it the breakup series. So there are several ways you can do this, um, but the, the big shift here comes from your mental clarity around, I don't need that vanity number. What I need is people that are actually interested in what I do, what I'm offering and how I can help them. And um, so that's why I, I wanted to take a little detour there to talk about focusing on list growth. There's no point in you paying for 25,000 people on your list if you uh, don't ever have any traction with those people. Now, sometimes this can happen. There's a variety of reasons for this to happen. People sign up because they want your, they just want your free stuff. They sign up um, because, and, and then maybe they move companies or they don't, it's no longer relevant content or, um, you know, perhaps you made a shift in your business and they were uh, a lead from the previous way that you served customers. There's that happens a lot, especially in entrepreneurship, as we get really clear about our focus and our purpose. Um, but there's some really great ways that you can actually survey your list. I'm not going to dive into those right now. Um, 
I'll probably do a YouTube video on that. That would be a really great YouTube video because it's very visual. But there's some great ways you can survey your list. And then um, if they don't click on any of those things, you can just send them an email that says, hey, I noticed you haven't opened any of my emails lately. Um, if you know we don't if if you don't click on this email then i'm going to just remove you because it seems like you're not interested so um you can determine how often you want to do that and how often you want to clean up your list but i recommend that you at least evaluate it every six months um maybe even every three months it's just going to determine you know where you're at and um what it looks like so that is the second email series that I recommend is a re-engagement series where, or, or a breakup series, however you want to do it. And you can determine how many emails you want to do. I would say do at least a couple um, so you can give people the opportunity to stay on the list or at least survey them if they're interested. And then if you still don't get any traction, it's fine to just kick them off. So um, at least you're not paying for them. And then the third type of um, email series that is going to increase your not only engagement, but your conversions is a abandoned cart series. So what does that look like? I have a service-based business, Elisa. I don't have products, so they don't have a cart. Well, technically you do have a cart because whether or not they're purchasing um, from you, based on let's say let's an online course is pretty is one of the more simpler ones to um, look at but they've come they put the course in their cart or they've come to a webinar and they've you know had a phone call with you and they've you know all these different things um, but they still didn't buy well sending a quick abandoned cart series to them it's like hey you had these problems we talked about this um, I'm really excited about the things that we could make happen together, blah, 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 whatever that looks like to get them to move forward and say yes. And so even if you don't have a online product per se, which most, most people in this audience, I think have some sort of online product, um, you can still create an abandoned cart series. Now, if you have an actual product, so I have a client that sells online training um, packages as well as individual courses. And so she's a content creating, creating machine. But one of the things that um, has been a struggle ha is, you know, people that come um, based on her free content, put the course in their cart, and then they get distracted because they work in a busy office, uh, other things come up, people are at the front desk, whatever that may be, and they never reach the checkout stage. So an abandoned cart series for that product or service or those online products or services um, is a really great way to kind of circle back and say, hey, we saw that this was in your cart. Did you forget something? Um, let's, you know, let's get you checked out so that you can get A, B, and C. Um, and people might be having a, a small heart attack right now if you're somebody um, like my client that has hundreds of courses. But one of the conversations that we had is that you can create the same series for the same type of product. And so um, say you have, uh, for example, one of the things that I purchase, I'm gonna do a physical product cause that'll be easy. One of the things that I purchase pretty regularly online are stationary supplies or card making supplies. And so you can bet when I go um, and I put things in my cart that I get an email from them within 24 hours if I haven't checked out. Now they have very sophisticated software with their cart um, mirroring the products that you have in your cart into the email. 
you may not have that set up for your shopping cart or you may not have that available for um, your email service provider. It's one of the more pricey options. And so as a small business, you may not have those options, um, but you can easily create a series, like say, for example, um, they put in their cart pens, like there's three or four different kinds of pens. And you can say, Hey, if you know, uh, we noticed that you didn't check out and you can put a ping there that says, you know, your tag would be pens. You can create a generic series that would address, you know, all of the issues that people might be having with their pens. And you could send that abandoned cart to those people. And so um, what would that look like? So you would address some problems like your pens keep skipping or they're bleeding through the paper or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and we, we know that, you know, such and such pen doesn't bleed through the paper and has, you know, been tested through, four or five different experts and has the longest lasting ink supply. I don't know, I'm just throwing things out there, but any way that you can get them to come back. So I pulled some stats on this because you may be thinking, oh my gosh, that's way too much work. I don't wanna do abandoned cart emails. But what I found is that when you create um, a abandoned cart series, you can increase your sales by 69%. And a series of three emails um, will get them to purchase that. So you might send one and then have nothing happen, but if you actually send them three different emails to remind them, hey, this is here, hey, this is here, again, you're reminding them that they were on your website, that they had this problem, that you have the solution, they put it in their cart, they were ready to buy, but something interrupted them. And we have to get in the mindset of like, people need reminders. I need reminders all the time. My kids tell me things and I forget immediately. And so if you only send one email, this so that's 69% if you send them to three emails. I wouldn't send more than three, but if you send three emails, 69% conversion rate. If you only send one, the conversion rate is 10%. And so I thought that was really interesting. That's a huge differentiator or differentia- uh, difference between conversion rates to just create a couple of extra emails. Now these emails don't have to be long. They can be two or three sentences and can just remind them of you know why they put that in the cart and what they need to do to buy it. Click here and make it very easy for them. And then the um, other piece that I put in here, these are all from Campaign Monitor, by the way, the um, the stats. The other uh, stat that I wanted to pull for you is that, so what is the percentage of people that abandon their cart? Um, it's almost 70%, 69.57% on, mo- on um, desktop. On mobile, it's even higher. It's almost 86%. It's like 85.6% or something like that. Um, because when you're on your phone, you get a phone call, you get a text, you get a message from social media, you know, all these different things are be bopping on. I had that happen this morning. I had like five things happen and I accidentally hung up on somebody because I was trying to hit too many buttons. Um, so when you have that high of an abandoned cart level, you have to do something to bring them back. And so this is just food for thought. Like how can you make this work for your business and how can you create Um, just one of these series in Q4. You don't have to do them all at one time. That's the thing. People start to get overwhelmed. They're like, oh, there's too many series. But the thing is, is you can set one of these up in your business 
and then it will work, it will continue working for you. And then maybe you decide to take a bite out of the next one. Like, okay, so this quarter, I'm going to focus on re-engaging my, my email list. Last quarter, I, I focused on um, growing the list or nurturing people or whatever it might be. Um, so those are the three series that I recommend that you focus on though, are, you know, the first one is nurture series. The second one is re-engaging your current list. And the third one, of course, is card abandon. And how, how can you make that work for your business? Now, if you um, really want to get fancy, this was your actual bonus. So you get two bonuses in this episode. Um, get fancy with this is that you can actually increase your abandoned cart conversion even higher when you retarget people who have visited your website and put that in their cart with some sort of advertising, whether that's Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, LinkedIn ads, whatever that looks like for your business. Um, And retargeting means, and I'm sure you have been retargeted, like all you have to do is go on a social media platform and when you start seeing ads for something that you just looked at, you've been retargeted. And so what that means is that they are tracking your behavior So for example, one of the things that I've been looking at lately is bullet journals. And I have a few companies that I look at. And um, so the retargeting looks like this. I will go, I will, you know, see a bullet journal ad in my Instagram feed. And I click on it because I'm like, ooh, I like that one. It's suede, it's kind of cool. It's different than anything else I've seen. They have the bigger size, which I like. Um, And then, I decide to close out of the ad. No, I got busy, I got distracted, whatever. Then I will keep scrolling, then I might close the app and go back in an hour or two hours or whatever, and I go back to Instagram, and not only do I see the company that I already clicked on, but I see four of their competitors. Hey, have you seen these bullet journals? That is retargeting. That means they know you're shopping for something, you've clicked on either a website, an ad, or something recently, and now they're going to put similar products and experiences in front of you. And so you have the power to do that with the marketing in your business as well. And um, I just want you to know that can work with your email um, audience in a a different way. You can actually upload your email subscribers into a retargeting ad. So, um, or into an audience that you can then pull people uh, and retarget, you can get your ad in front of them and then retarget them with another ad. So that's what I have for you this week. Thank you for tuning in. Um, If you have enjoyed this podcast, I would love for you to share it with your friends and pop over to iTunes and leave me a review if it's been helpful for you and your business. Uh, In the meantime, I hope everyone is staying safe, staying well, and I will catch you on the flip side. Take care. If you're like most people, you opened up your email this morning and you probably were greeted with a new 72 or more emails that came in overnight. When are these people emailing you? The reality is, is you look through the emails and you probably start to delete them before you even look at opening them. What if that email was yours? What if you were trying so hard to get in front of your people and all they did was hit swipe to the left to delete your email? Well, my friend, the reality is, if that's happening to you, it's because you're sending emails and nobody wants to receive a email, which is why I've created my brand new training, Stop Sending Emails, the five things to avoid when writing your sales emails. Email is a powerful tool. It offers the highest return on investment of any other marketing strategy out there. But if you're not doing it right, your emails are not getting opened, people are not 
reading them and they're not clicking on the link, which stops your sales funnel at a dead halt. There's no way to sell to someone if they're not opening, reading, and clicking on the link. So in this training, I'm gonna give you the five things that you can do to get more emails read, get more emails opened, and to get people to the next step of your sales funnel. To join me, go to alisaconnor.com forward slash email training. Sign up today. The training is coming up soon and you don't want to miss it. Again, if you're ready to stop sending emails and get right emails that people actually want to open, want to read and look forward to, join me at the training, alisaconnor.com forward slash email training.